Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and who doesn't love food? And when you have when you have renal disease, it just becomes a little daunting. But I've learned over the years that there's so many wonderful things that you can eat when you have kidney disease. You just got to, you know, do a little bit more work and be a little bit more educated about what those things are. And today, we're going to be speaking to... Caitlin Harris, who is a dietitian, and she's a manager of nutrition services at Fresenius Medical Care. So welcome to the show, Caitlin. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, you know, this is, this is a common question among people who are diagnosed with kidney disease. What do I eat? And then there's a follow-up question is I'm tired. I don't want to spend too much time or work too hard. So, you know, what are some quick fixes, um, meals that you recommend to your patients? It depends on, again, the reason why they're tired or the reason why they can't spend too much time. Um, But if it's just a matter of them just really not being into it or not wanting to, then I always stick with the basics, which is, Make sure you have some protein on your plate, such as, you know, maybe a protein that you already have cooked in your fridge where you can easily just warm up whatever that is and have it with a set with a different side. Because my patients, they, you know, sometimes they will have like maybe like cooked chicken in their fridge, but they get bored of that. And so they want variety. And so one of the ways that I sort of meet my patients halfway is I say, okay, well, how can we redress this chicken so it's not the same thing that you had yesterday? So like if they had like a chicken with salad and they're so tired of being of having like chicken with salad every day, then I'll say, okay, don't have salad this time. Have it with like, you know, maybe a, a half of a sweet potato with some squash and some, you know, broccoli or like, you know, steamed vegetables. I know now they even have like, Uh, vegetables that you can steam in your microwave, right? Sometimes we can recycle is what I call it, um, or redress our protein so that you have, if you change the sides, it can change the overall experience. And it doesn't take a lot of time because you won't have to then go cook another thing of protein. You know, you won't have to cook, you won't have to pull out something else from your fridge or your freezer and have to go through that process. Um, So I'm really into the realm of, I, I call it recycling because I don't see any of that in any of my training anywhere to like, you know, I, I, I didn't get this sort of um, plan from a book. This has just been <laughs> from talking to patients and them telling me, I'd be like, you know, so what can we do to get to make you not have to spend so much time? And they're like, well, I'm just tired of having a salad every time when I have this chicken. And it's like, okay, well, if you, and they're like, and I made so much of it and I'm just tired of it. One of the things that I try to do is say, okay, well, do you have olive oil? Do you have vinegar? And I say, yes. I'm like, okay, well, let's just mix two, two, you know, a tablespoon of each one of those and maybe some lemon juice um, and a couple other things. And there you have some dressing that you can have, you know, just, just little things that they can do to changes the sort flavor. Of, yeah. Like it's still the same food, but when you redress it, it seems like a different experience. 
right? Well, well, we eat with our eyes. I'm a big believer in frozen peas. Um, yes. Frozen peas make everything look pretty, and they they warm up uh, really quickly. Um, I was making some pasta, and uh, and then you know, and just put a little bit of olive oil and you know some dash uh, seasoning on it. And, you know, you throw some peas in there and some chicken and you got a nice dinner and it it can um, and you're you're able to eat a little bit of mozzarella cheese if you want to put a little bit or Parmesan um, based on your phosphorus level. But I mean, that's a tasty meal. And and, you know, one of the things I'm exactly I guess I was recycling when I was (laughs) on dialysis because I loved and I didn't I wasn't diabetic. Which I'm very grateful, but I sure. loved apricot jam, mm. and I would just mix some in with chicken and put it on some rice, mm-hmm. and it just really—I mean, always—and you can have just take the enough apricot chicken, like a tablespoon out of it, and it's always in your fridge and lasts forever. Right. And, and, you know, I would learn these little things of exactly is like, how do you make this dish a little bit more fun? And and I have to say, having the frozen peas or, you know, green beans, anything that gives you a variety of color on your plate makes the food more appetizing. It's just and it's just, you know, we eat with our eyes, like I said. Absolutely. And there's another thing that I tell patients also for like breakfast. Um, like for eggs, I'll ask them to, especially the ones that don't mind eggs, you know, not everyone's an egg person. Um, but for my patients that do enjoy eggs, I'll say, you know, you could boil like four eggs, four or five eggs, and you could have them in your fridge for like three days, you know, Mm -hmm. and they'd be totally safe three, three or four days in your fridge. And that could give you, you know, boiled eggs that you could have at breakfast. You could have them at lunch. You could have them at dinner. Um, and you could, you could slice them and maybe put some, like you were just saying, this is dash on top. I personally like the black pepper with oregano on it. And then uh, one of the, my go-to breakfasts, and this is something that I eat myself, um, I will take two to three slices of avocado. So I'll take an avocado, I'll slice it up, and then maybe like two or three medium thick slices. I'll have that with two boiled eggs with some fresh fruit. So like maybe strawberries, blackberries. I always tell my patients that are diabetic that if you ever are worried or concerned about what kind of fruits to eat, strawberry and blackberry are the champions with blood sugar. They're the lowest in blood sugar out of all the fruit I've ever seen um, per serving, which is seven grams. So um, if you're ever, you know, so I tell them if it's a matter of not wanting to eat too many things, like if it's grapes, for instance, it might raise your blood sugar a little higher. So I, I always go to the berries because they're renal friendly and they have antioxidants in them and so many benefits. Um, and not everybody eats, like you said, those colors, but seeing the colors on the plate from the eggs to the avocado to the, you know, strawberries and blackberries, that's a lot of color there, you know? Exactly. And and I know people are going to email me right now and say, well, I can't have avocados. And and I'm yes. like, but you can have a little slice of it. <laughs> you can. You can, have, you can have a quarter of the fruit. So I always tell people, um, well, my patients, I'll say as long as it's a quarter, as in less, as in half of half. Um, you can have that. You could have that every day and it would not make your potassium go up. Now, if you have an avocado every day, yeah, that might, <laughs> that might do it. <laughs> a quarter of a banana. Okay. So, so people listen, okay, I'm going to have a quarter of a banana. I'm going to a quarter of a cab- avocado, a quarter of an orange and a quarter of a tomato. You may not want to eat all of those in the same day. 
<laughs> yes, maybe not. Maybe not all of those, but you know, and and we do we do go through that as well. Is that you know, if you're going to make concessions in one place, you can't make concessions. Like you have to think about your total overall. Exactly. You and, and you have to monitor your own labs. And you know, one of my, I mean, the greatest invention ever is people need. Um, uh, they actually have them at Pampered Chef. Uh, and they have them everywhere, but they're like these little microwave egg fantastic makers. And oh. I actually have one um, I bought at a fair. It's like a ceramic plate with like a, a little hole in, in the it, it was made for eggs. And, and I just scramble a couple of eggs, throw a little bit of tomato in it, a little bit of, um, you could probably put a little bit of cream cheese or something in it that uh, if you like cheese, I like cheese with my eggs. Um, yeah, and, and I stick it in the microwave, and I have this great egg. I mean, it's uh, it's wonderful. And um, I just bought one of these little Pamper Schiff egg makers for my girlfriend because she's like, I always need quick food. And I'm like, you know, you can't beat the price of an egg, and you can do so much with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've even made those little... Um, can make ahead of time, but you get the muffin pans and you put some bread, some white bread, some egg, you put the little things and you bake them and you put them in the fridge and heat them up as you eat them. And then you yep. have little pocket food. But again, it does require you to to be a little proactive and uh, you got to have eggs in the fridge and you got to have the different ingredients. And now yeah. with all the delivery services that are offered by companies... We, our life is more easier getting food than as when you had to go to the store and you didn't feel so good. <laughs> it's true. It's just you got to watch sometimes with the any of my patients that get delivered delivery like meal delivery. If it's not a kidney friendly delivery service, which exists, they do exist. Ask your local dietitian. Um, but if you're not getting the like meal delivery from a renal specific or you know like a renal diet mm-hmm. specific place then I would definitely recommend checking the packets of sauces and dressings and condiments and the little things that they put in there. Um, Because the label, when you look at that sodium, can sometimes give you some heart palpitations um, just because it can be extremely high. So I always tell anybody that's getting any meal, you know, delivery or like home chef or something like that, the food is great, but just be careful of the, you know, the the sauces and dips and things. But, but, you know, you can go on Amazon Fresh or Instacart and get, you know, the most incredible things. I mean, I actually just yeah. ordered Instacart the other day. Actually, no, I've, I've found that Amazon Fresh is a little bit less expensive and you have to have a $35 minimum for them to deliver free. And I just order like those bags of beans, green beans and some spinach and, you know, some of the fresh stuff that I want to add to, you know, my meals. And, you know, it's such a great option. You can get all kinds of food delivered that's easy to prepare um, and and stay within your diet. And there's so many cooking gadgets out there. If you don't have an air fryer, you need to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, air fryers can make a lot of things too. Like my girlfriend made her dinner rolls out of an air fryer. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, "Huh?" I had no idea they, that my air fryer could do that. Oh, and I've seen people like put cauliflower, talk about cauliflower, and stick it in there and make, you know, so you can have something crunchy. And mm-hmm. you can do so many things with it. And 
And, uh, you know, if uh, you want French fries, you can, like, slice the, f- the potato up. And, you know, it's something called dialyzing your potato. But you <laughs> you basically, you know, let it sit and get some of the phosphorus out. Then you fry that in the air fryer. And you can have some French fries. So if you're worried about a lot of potassium. Yes. But I do mention to patients, especially, again, the ones that don't have um, a lot of – because the more mobility issues someone has, of course, the – conversation may shift, but for my patients that don't, you know, that ambulate freely and don't have any sort of limitations that way, I always try to start with a mental um, changing of the mindset um, because, you know, we take our time when it comes to things that are important to us, but then other things that should, you know, that could impact our health significantly in, you know, in a negative way, um, they don't always prioritize that in their mind. And that's where the whole, you know, it's got to be quick. It's got to be fast. I don't have time for this type of um, mindset comes into play. And we're all, we all have that. I go through it myself. It's not all the time that I just have all the time in the world to do it. But the really, you know, the take home message is that when you change your mindset to know that this is something that I should prioritize, this is time that I should spend to, cause you know, for the betterment of my health overall, um, little short-term changes can impact the long-term greatly. Um, so I always try to start with mindset as well, because once patients realize they do have the time to do this and they do have the confidence to know how to do it, you know, the changes are just remarkable. Um, we had a, you know, I had a patient once that never always wanted to get takeout, relied on all the fast food places to feed him. Um, and he didn't have really any mobility issues or anything. He just, he worked full time and dialysis with work, as you can imagine, is kind of hectic. Um, and he worked, you know, a nine to five. So it wasn't, you know, it was, he would be on dialysis till 9, 10 p.m. sometimes. Um, and he said those days he wasn't really feeling it. So we put together a plan for him to be able to still um, cook at home, but only on days where he could. So he does still sometimes have to rely on takeout, but it's now probably like a 50-50 split where he does cook at home. A lot of his cooking happens on Sundays because he has he doesn't have dialysis or work on Sundays. Um, and he said the more that he gets better at it, the more he wants to do it. And his numbers have improved. His outlook has improved. He's lost like 10 pounds in the last six months. Like he's, he feels better and he looks better and he's doing better overall. But it all started with that little, little things every day to just keep that mindset flowing that you do have time and you can do this. Um, that's what we're here to help you realize and help you overcome. Well, and it, it's it's challenging. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever had the situation, but I know I've been out driving around and hungry. And yes. I can't make a decision, especially in L.A. There's like, I'm like, where you really have to prepare before you get hungry, because if you wait till you're hungry, all decision making goes out out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we all have those moments, right? I tell people it's what you do most of the time that counts. Um, It's not what you do every time or what you do every now and then, but what you do most of the time is what is going to dictate sort of your outcomes in terms of health, your financial health, your, you know, physical health, mental health, everything um, comes down to what we do most of the time, right? Well, let's talk a little bit about fast food. Because, you know, I mean, we are a fast food society, a little less now that COVID has been, um, I think, in our lives. People are home more and they're maybe one of the benefits are they're cooking more. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, 
I often think of like, you know, what would I eat if I had to go to a fast food restaurant? What are some tips when ordering? Okay, so one of the biggest things that I think needs to be realized is that we can never sort of outbind certain foods. Um, nachos with cheese, um, things with like pickles and cheddar cheese and ketchup and mustard and all that stuff on one. Um, you can take a bunch of binders, but nine times out of 10, it's not going to be enough to bind all the phosphorus that's in those. So my biggest push is when you do eat out, try to avoid things like pickles, try to avoid things like condiments, especially the kind that are super concentrated, like the ketchups and the mayos and um, the prepackaged salad dressings. Um, those are all sort of things that I would shy away from, as well as Swiss cheese is a good option in terms of cheeses in general. Um, it has the lowest amount of phosphorus out of, I think, all the cheeses, unless there's a cheese mm -hmm. I haven't, like, heard of yet. Um, that's what it's usually, I think it's, like, the lowest in phosphorus content. Um, and then, you know, also, sometimes they'll have the actual label there. Like, for instance, Starbucks, right? Everyone, I mean, especially if you have a job, you probably are a little familiar with Starbucks um, in America. Um, I noticed that on their menu, the one thing that probably was the reigning champion in terms of nutrition would have been the turkey bacon with the egg white, um, the fat sandwich, because it was the lowest in cholesterol, lowest in sodium, lowest in fat. Um, and then I also noticed on like the egg bite, the egg bite, you know, those egg bites they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had them. Um, yeah. The egg bites, the best choice was the egg whites with roasted red peppers. Um, because again, the lower sodium fat cholesterol and only three grams of protein. Um, it's only three grams lower in protein, but everything else is significantly low compared to the other ones. So the, the main concepts will always be true. You always want to try to get vegetables over starchy foods. Um, you know, you want to go for like the rices, the couscous, um, bread like that over starchy foods like potatoes and yams and, and the ones that have the, you know, that are more starchy because they tend to also be higher in potassium, right? Um, but yeah, but if you stick to, and then of course the white rice, um, mm -hmm. that's a big concept that I think also has to change with some of the patients I come in contact with because especially the ones that are diabetic and were following a diabetic diet before, they're used to the brown rices, the brown breads, um, things like that. But in dialysis, we promote more white breads. And overall, though, white breads actually have less calories, too. So, um, of course, manage you got to manage your blood sugar. But in terms of just the choices uh, when you're eating out, I would go for, like I said, choose the rice, not the fries type of thing. I'm a big fan. If anybody goes to, like, a deli, like a Ralph's, and yeah. I cater my um, support group a lot of times. And they have this no-salt turkey. is better mm -hmm. than any of the other turkey there. I've People have mistakenly got me another turkey, and I don't like it. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's like, it's the best-tasting turkey. Is this deli and turkey, I think it's, or? Yeah, it's just no, it's, it's, it's like a boar's head, no-salt mm. turkey. And... And then I've take I've somebody's mistakenly got me the low salt turkey, and it has a different consistency, and I think it's because they're putting all that salt in it or something. I don't know, but um, you know that could uh, be it could be. I mean, I don't even like the consistency of it, and I think that that you know 
um, that's always a great way just to go into a store in a deli and have them prepare a sandwich for you and tell them exactly what you want to put on it. Um, and right. then you have the no salt turkey option because, you know, the subways and stuff like that, they don't have that option. Um, and then when you when I would go to fast food restaurants, especially like Subway, you can get some decent meals there. You have to tell them not to put salt or pepper on your sandwich. Yes. <laughs> Everybody loves to take that shaker and just shake it all over the place. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's it, it does make food more flavorful. And it makes you drink more fluid <laughs> with the most yes, salt. Yes, it does. So, you know, you just have to, you know, order and tell people what you want. And now that more food places, like if you're ordering online... Uh, a lot of them are saying, hold the salt. We're seeing yep. this. And you, and know, you can actually that. include it as like a instruction type thing. Which is just, you know, this was unheard of 10 years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah, you're, you're right, though. You're really right. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, there. I think the fact that people have so many different, you know, let's give some kudos to the gluten-free movement. <laughs> That's right. Because they really, you know, set the trend for being, um, you know, what's in this? <laughs> and I don't mm -hmm. want that. And so um, you have to be your own advocate. Yes. You know, let's talk a little bit about some some prepare-ahead recipes that patients can freeze. Because, yeah. you know, that is the ultimate way. And if you can't cook them... You know, ask somebody to cook it for you. Say you'll buy it. Hey, I need some help. And people love to help other people. We don't often give people a chance to help us. And, yes. and that might be an option if you're like, hey, if I get the food, will you cook this for me? It would really help me out. And they may feel really appreciated. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, agree. Um, I will say that, you know, especially for my Southern California area, it, we don't have a lot of... Um, as I would say, warm food days, like, you know, with chilies and things like that. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't like the, the hotter things. I will say that there are, tur the turkey chili recipe is a really good one that freezes very well. Um, and if you use the ground turkey, of course, that's lower in all of those things, the cholesterol, the salt, the, you know, all of all of the things, saturated fat. Um, and then if you make it turkey vegetable chili, that's even better because, you know, the vegetables are going to give you fiber. They're going to give you antioxidants, all, all kinds of that good stuff. Um, but I will say that the only reason why I'm mentioning this one particularly is because I froze it myself and I ate it like two months later and unfroze it and just heated it up and it tasted wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's like some olive oil, ground turkey, um, a half cup of onion, garlic cloves, some zucchini. I, I took two cups of that. Stewed tomatoes, um, chili powder, cumin, paprika, mm -hmm. cayenne pepper, and black pepper. You basically um, chop all the vegetables, mince the garlic, um, get the get the spray pan out, um, saute the ground turkey with the onion and the vegetables until the um, zucchini is tender. Then you drain the liquid. Um, you add the stewed tomatoes and the spices like the cumin, paprika, and all of that. And then you simmer um, in that pot for about a half hour. And then it yields about two cups. The zucchini is about two cups, yeah. If you get mm -hmm. two medium zucchinis, that will make about two cups of chopped zucchini. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is an excellent recipe because um, it, it's six portions um, in a three-fourths cup serving size. But there's 17 grams of protein in there, um, which is really good. 
164 calories and the cholesterol is only 47 milligrams and sodium was 214. Anytime it's under 250, that's considered a low sodium food. Um, potassium 517. So it is a little more generous with the potassium. Um, but I will say that again, you can have, you know, 3,500 to 4,000 milligrams of potassium a day. So I think this is a pretty good, um, what's the word, a pretty good deal just because of the large amount of protein that you're getting with it. And we're going to provide links to these recipes on the podcast page. For those of you who may be listening on Google Play or iHeart, you just go to our website, rsnhope.org, and just type in Caitlin Harris, C-A-I-T-L-I-N, Harris in the search button, and you will find this podcast. Um, well, you know, it is. I mean, chili is, is uh, you know, an acquired taste. Not everybody loves it, but if Absolutely. you love it, you definitely crave it. And, um, yeah, I love it. My husband doesn't like food that touches for whatever reason. He doesn't like it. He doesn't think it belongs when food touches. It's very, very weird. Really? I know. It's very frustrating. He's like, he's such a simple eater. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I completely understand. There's also another one that I really like to make. It's the chicken vegetable bake. So you take like one and a half pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. Um, 16 ounces of egg noodles, medium-sized, um, and then frozen carrots. Uh, I cut them julienne style, about 10 ounces of that. A medium onion, you can slice that up. A medium red pepper, chopped. Um, 10 ounces of frozen chopped broccoli that's thawed and drained. I use the frozen just because it's harder for me to keep broccoli in my refrigerator because it goes bad so long or so so quickly. Um, like, it doesn't last very long. So I, if I have broccoli in the house, it's probably going to be the frozen option. Um, and then a half cup of low-sodium chicken broth, a teaspoon of dry mustard, half a teaspoon of black pepper, a half cup of plain breadcrumbs, and two tablespoons of butter that's melted. Um, you heat your oven to 350. Um, coat a three-quart rectangular baking dish. That's the one I've always used. So if you use a different you know, shape, I can't vouch for what it's going to come out like. <laughs> uh, nonstick spray, of course. And then cook the noodles. Um, according to the package directions, do not use salt. Drain and rinse with cold water and set aside. Cut the chicken into bite-sized pieces. Um, get the skillet to place over medium heat, and you can cook that on there for three minutes-ish or until the chicken's no longer pink. Then you can transfer the chicken to the large bowl. That Then you can add the onions, the peppers, the broccoli, and the carrots to the skillet. Um, cook and stir until the veggies are tender. Dump the veggies into a bowl with the chicken and stir in the broth, the dry mustard, the pepper, and the noodles. And then spoon mixture into the baking dish. Once it's in the baking dish, you mix the breadcrumbs and melted butter together and sprinkle over the chicken mixture. Um, you can bake it like that for 30 minutes and then uncover and bake that an additional 30 minutes. So, so first bake it covered for a half hour and then uncover it and bake that for a half hour um, until it's heated through. So you want to make sure that it is, you know, completely cooked to so make sure your, your oven is preheated before and it's done preheating before you put it in there. Um, this will give you, this yields about 420 calories. Um, the protein was 36 grams, which is excellent. Um, and the serving size is about one, like six ounces of the recipe. So when you cut it, if you cut out a six ounce portion, um, and it gives you a total of six portions in this recipe. So that's a really good one because again, it's 178 milligrams of sodium, um, 11 grams of fat. But the good thing is about the fat. People are going to be like, oh, that sounds like it's a lot, but it's 
a lot of good fat. So people really um, disregard how helpful and beneficial good healthy fats are for, you know, just overall health. Fat really gets a bad name because they have the bad fats that do a lot of damage. (laughs) Um, But the good fats are important and we need them. Oh, and it's five grams of fiber too. So I really like that one because it's really easy to keep in my freezer again for months. And then I pull it out and heat it up again and it tastes amazing. So those are the two big ones I wanted to at least go over because those are ones I use all the time, all the time. All the time. Well, and you know, um, one of the things I used to make a lot is I would make my own chicken enchiladas. And those are really easy to to freeze too. And you can make them in individual packets. And uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, chicken enchilada recipes out there that are renal friendly. And you just got to have, you know, you can use a little bit of the sauce, but you know, you can make the chicken, you can use the corn tortillas and you just kind of modify it. And I would put a lot of vegetables with the chicken and you know, it's your, it's your take on it. And Mm -hmm. I was also a very big mushroom fan. Oh, um, yeah. I love mushrooms. People either love them or hate them, right? <laughs> oh, I do too. I love mushrooms. <laughs> and, you know, I would use mushrooms too in with the chicken. And mm-hmm. it just gives it kind of a different consistency and flavor. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I like to experiment in the in the, um, uh, the kitchen. And we're so lucky now because we have so many different flavored oils. Yeah, <laughs> that you can just get any flavor with anything, and you know, put a bag of frozen rice in the microwave, <laughs> and cut up some chicken, and put some flavored olive oil on it all, and you got a nice <laughs> dinner. <laughs> yes, no, that's that's excellent. That sounds delicious. I'm I'm ready for lunch already. <laughs> well, and and you know, I hate to say this, but I think oftentimes. Um, you have to reframe your mindset because, yes. you know, in other parts of the country, they don't even have food. Yep. You know, they uh, and sometimes I'd have to reframe my thought that way and and thinking, wow, I, I have all these options and I just have to be creative and other people are, are starving. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it seems like a weird way, but, you know, an attitude of being grateful what you have instead of an attitude of being upset what you can't have is really the secret to happiness. <laughs> I mean, and that's you, what they say all the time. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Focus on your blessings, right? Exactly. And oh, one more thing that I think is good to have. Um, I froze mine, but mine were only in the freezer for like maybe three or four days because I really liked them and I ended up taking them out really quick. So I don't know how they do in the freezer in terms of long term, but I do know I kept them in the freezer for like four days and it was fine. But these honey garlic kebab marinade. Um, these kebabs that, um, I came across whenever I was, uh, we were having this cookout and it was at a dialysis clinic. This was pre COVID of course. Um, and we made everyone, uh, kebabs, but we used olive oil, like a fourth cup of olive oil, a third cup of honey. We used the Bragg's, the liquid animos, um, which is like a seasonal seasoning liquid type of thing. Um, a fourth cup of that, a fourth teaspoon, black pepper, three garlic cloves crushed. And you can use the, you can use four medium chicken breasts, four small onions, and three bell peppers. Um, that makes about 15 to 20 kebabs. So you mix all the ingredients together in a plastic bag, and then you add the meat or prepared kebabs to marinate for 30 minutes, and then use the marinade to base kebabs for the first five minutes of cooking. So the kebabs were a hit because, you know, in the summer, especially, you just want something to just sort of chew on. You don't want to 
had something like we were talking about, like the chili and everything while it's Mm -hmm. good when it's hot outside. It's like, who wants chili when it's hot? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, um, that was a hit too. So I agree with you. It is a mindset thing. And when you have the mindset that you can do it, you're way more likely to get it done. Well, and it's it's also how you prepare the food because I hate steamed asparagus. I, I think it's the grossest thing on the planet. But if I if I take a little bit of Pam and put it on the stove in the skillet and mm-hmm. I constantly turn that asparagus, it mm-hmm. kind of chars it. And yes. it has the best flavor. Yeah, um, garlic asparagus is my favorite. I don't recommend it for date nights, though. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do that. And you know, it is you just have to be creative and um I don't know how well eggs freeze. Um I imagine Jimmy Dean knows this because he puts a lot of sandwiches out there. But one of my tricks that I used to do um is you just take a little square pan and if you have bread that's about ready to go bad, you actually take the crust off and you put it in the bottom of the pan. And you put a bunch of, you break some eggs on it. And um, I would put a, a little bit, and I would, this is, I love artichokes. And I know that they can be a little higher in potassium, but you rinse them off that are in the jar and you just kind of shred them out throughout the eggs. Um, and you could put a little bit of like paprika. And, oh, um, yeah. And you can also, you know, put some, um, you know, low sodium turkey in it if you want. Yes. Um, or no salt turkey. Sorry, not the low sodium. Don't get that. That one sucks. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, some red pepper. Just finely chop some red pepper, and you can even put some mushrooms in it. And then when I stayed at a bed and breakfast once, uh, to make eggs taste better, you just put a squirt of lemon juice in it. <laughs> yes. I agree. I agree. I add pepper to mine too. Black pepper with lemon juice. That's my favorite. It's it's so good. And then um you stick it in the fridge overnight. Mm-hmm. And um and then in the morning you take it out and put it on the stove so you can't put the uh, the right in the oven like that. You got to wait till the the pan cools down because you don't want right. to stick a cold pan. And then you stick it in the oven for like thirty minutes. And yes. then you have little, you can cut it up and you can serve brunch to your friends or you can, you know, put some in the freezer to heat up later. Uh, yes. Or definitely in the fridge for a couple of days. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm telling you, I'm, re- I'm ready for lunch right now. I, I definitely. And then, you know, another little go-to meal, and I used to do this, we get tired of bread. And, you know, this is when you can use a corn tortilla or a pita bread or some other type of bread <laughs> that yes. just gives you a different flavor. Agreed. Falafel oh, and you bread. Know, you can, falafel bread? Yeah, the little falafel bread is it uh, it's it's it, I'm living in Glendale which is I'm trying to think what the bread's called. It's that really thin bread. What is it called, Ian? It's like a pita but it's it's lavash. It's lavash bread. <laughs> oh yes. Lavash bread is a great bread to load with vegetables and roll it up and, you know, just make it, you can, you can do so much with it. Um, yeah. Lavash bread. Oh yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I got the, I got the winning answer, (laughs) but bread is really important because you can change the whole feel of any meal. Yes, for sure. For sure. I agree. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's bringing back the days of like, oh my goodness, what what are the some of the things that you know you have to make and and you know try to make the right choices, which is easier said than done, guys. You know, um, yes. I think it's baby steps, becoming educated. Oh, also, <laughs> I should also just mention that there are very there's high protein pasta choices now that you can find in a grocery store, various brands and everything. But I do recommend checking those out because, you know, they're not always the most uh, commercialized. They're not always the most thing, you know, the biggest things on TV or anything, but they do make plenty of pasta, varying shapes of pasta, varying lengths and Mm -hmm. thickness and everything um, that have high protein. They're, They're good sources of protein. So, you know, we live in a brand, we live in a very different world now. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I just really implore people to please ask their dietitians for recommendations on what kind of brands or where, what stores can, you know, can they find high protein pasta or high protein noodles or high protein breads? Because these do exist. And if you're trying to get the most out of your, you know, your buck, if you will, um, they're also tasty. I've had them myself, like the high protein pastas, and I couldn't really taste a difference. So, I agree with you. It's just about kind of stepping outside the box and just being as uh, diligent with using our resources as we can. Well, you know, if it's good uh, to, you know, have all these different options. But at the end of the day, um, it might be a good idea to have, you know, some go-to meals in the freezer that you have not prepared. So right. don't maybe go like, out and run to McDonald's to get a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, maybe like lean cuisine. The only thing is that phosphorus isn't going to be listed on the label. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, there are kidney-friendly options within the Lean Cuisine meals. It's such a small amount. I'm like, geez, Louise, if you open those meals up, they're like, oh, my God, there couldn't be enough phosphorus to do anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I opened up, I like the enchilada, the Lean Cuisine enchilada with rice. Yes. And, um, you know, I think that's a great way if you want Mexican food. That's probably a decent option if you need to get a quick fix. Also, Um, Healthy Choice or maybe Amy's Organics, um, sometimes Smart Ones and the Trader Joe's brand also. Those tend to have more kidney-friendly, you know, labels on them. Uh, And uh, some of them actually do show the phosphorus, too. Like, it'll actually have under vitamin A, calcium, like all the little underneath underneath there not in not so much in the ingredients list but still part of the label it'll have like how much phosphorus is in it so well and if the meal contains a lot of high phosphorus foods like macaroni and cheese um mm-hmm. uh, that may not be an option but i used to eat the the fish lean cuisine um okay, yeah. there was one it was the tilapia i believe and yeah. and that wasn't too bad and and i don't know why it took me years to realize this but I was afraid to cook salmon, and it is the easiest thing on the planet to cook. <laughs> it is. It's super easy. Um, it's actually easy to overcook it. Exactly. It's. Um, but, I mean, it's just, you know, if you need a really quick go-to meal that, and, and impress your friends at the same time, you right. know, when, if you do food delivery um, from, like, Instacart or, you know, they all deliver fresh salmon. <laughs> <laughs> or a freezer version that you can thaw out and cook. And I've I've personally made it. Um, it's I don't know what the sodium content is of the um, one that's in the freezer, but um, when I've gotten the fresh salmon, um, you just put some olive oil, lemon pepper on it, and put it in some foil and stick it in the oven. I mean, it is yeah. the easiest thing in the world, and it's very tasty. Yeah. And it's a nice break from chicken. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Sounds good. 
Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's so many options, and I think what is always good for a good exercise for people is to write down and talk to their dietitian about all the food they can make, they can eat, and what is you know low, moderate, and very minimal high risk food, and then you know go from there and take up the act of uh, making meals that you can you know save and freeze and have for a later day, and then share them with your kidney kin. Yep, I agree. I agree. Pass the good news on. Exactly. So what are you going to have for lunch that would be renal-friendly right now? I'm kind of curious. I'm curious. If you had to go make a renal-friendly meal, what would you make? So right now in my refrigerator that I have here at work, I have my turkey tacos that I made. And I made it with um, cumin, cayenne pepper, black pepper, something else too. I think it was... Was it garlic? I can't, I have like a mixture that I have, like I pre-make my mixtures. So like my taco seasoning, I make it at home and then I like label my little packets of which one's taco, which one's fajitas. Um, But there's no sodium in them at all. And I think some paprika's in it too. But anyway, so I use my taco um, flavoring seasoning there, made it with some ground turkey. I have lettuce in there. I, I get the Chinese lettuce. Um, I really like how green it is and how fluffy and roughly it looks. I really like the look of it. So um, I have that, and then I have it. I'm going to have it with lime. So the lime juice on top um, with onion, um, chopped onion, and some chopped green peppers. And then I also have some gluten free, low sodium tortilla chips that I'm having with it. So it was three. These chips are three percent sodium and fifteen chips. So sixty five milligrams. Yes. Yeah. 2% potassium, 6% iron, 6% carbohydrates, 8% total fat, and 3% saturated fat. So, and 2 grams of protein. Um, these are the mixed bag of tortilla chips made by R.W. Garcia. Okay. I got the yellow and blue mixed bag tortilla chips. They're gluten-free. Um, I don't know if I'm gluten-free, but these were gluten-free, so I just bought them. I'm not <laughs> gluten-free, but I just thought they'd be good. And they taste really good. You got to have chips once in a while. You need that crunch. And That's right. And I don't know if, if you've tasted the VitaFuel chips, the barbecue brand. Yes, I have. Oh, my God. They are so <laughs> good. And They are good. And these chips are specially formulated for people with kidney disease. With the sodium content, it has everything on the back. And, yes. uh, you know, um, it's and they have some amazing other flavored chips, too, apple and and, you know, regular flavor, and it's just, they're, they're very tasty, but I have to say barbecue is my favorite. <laughs> same, same, oh, all the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you just got to be a little creative and, you know, um, make sure you're getting enough protein if, if you, you know, watch that protein albumin number, everybody, because you need to keep that normal. I mean, I can tell you that's one thing, if you let that drop, you get an infection, you don't get better easily. Um, it is the most important number, isn't it? <laughs> it's one yes, of them. Yes, and activity too, because if you just take a walk like every day, even if it's for like 15 minutes, you are not only are you helping your bones and your heart health, blood sugar, but you also release phosphorus in the activity that you're doing. Anytime you release any kind of energy, phosphorus is there in the form of ATP. So that, that P and the ATP is a very long word. I don't want to pronounce it right now, but it's, the end word is phosphatase, which is phosphorus. So um, please keep that in mind when you're just 
you know, sort of planning your day to always include, like on my lunch break, I'll take some half my lunch break to eat and half my lunch break to do a little walk around the building or something, wherever I am. Luckily in California, it's usually a sunny walk for me, but I know it's not like that for others. So I just recommend getting out there and being active as much as you can, whatever's realistic. If it's a marathon, cool. If it's just a 15 minute walk, that's amazing too. Um, just so long as you get that movement, that's, that's also, that can also help improve significantly with just overall health. I, it's so true. I mean, um, everyone, um, this is some great advice and, and I really thank you, Caitlin, um, for you yeah. know, sharing your knowledge, your enthusiasm and, you know, um, practicing what you preach. And, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I, I just love it that you actually incorporate doing what you're telling other patients to do because, you know, patients know when people are preaching and when they're actually walk the way they talk. That's um, right. And, you know, I've, I remember being at a meeting one time and, you know, we're trying to do some patient education. I'm like, let's just have all the appetizers at this kidney meeting. It was for professionals be low phosphorus. And I, you could hear the like, what do you mean? We're not going to get our cheat. I mean, it was just like almost got in a fight. <laughs> and I'm like, um, and, you know, and I'm like, and then I'm kind of like, well, why don't we just readjust it? Because they didn't want to, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful, but it, it makes you think how hard it is. Yes. And I said, well, then I'm going to be the phosphorus police, okay? And I'm going to come <laughs> around and cite you at the meeting that you, you know, just to kind of make healthcare professionals think about what they ask their patients to do. Well, I, I think also, and I, I, I'm going to, I know we're going to end this soon, but I just wanted to say, like, when you make the connection between health, you know, what you eat and your health, then you know how to then communicate that in a way that will motivate your patients to also make that connection. But if you're not making that connection, then it, it becomes a, I think, a barrier in terms of reasonable, workable solutions for you to be able to communicate that effectively with your patients. You know, you're, you're right on. And so you just begin today, right? We just begin today. Yep. That's right. No time like the present. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.